Good evening, everyone, and welcome to the Sports Talk with Harrison Chase on Merrimack Valley Public Radio, coming to you live from Methuen Community Studios. If you have a take or comment, feel free to call in 978-301-6877. That's 978-301-6877. Lots to talk about today here on the show. I'm actually going to open the phone lines uh, right away. Uh, We're in the midst of uh, the NBA uh, season, and uh, with that, let me start with uh, Mo on the Cape. Mo, what's going on? Well, what's going on is a lot going on, obviously, Harrison. I'm <laughs> loving it. We've got the Bruins, we've got the Red Sox, and we've got the uh, Celtics. Yeah. How much more can we want? You know, one of my um, one of my bosses over at my internship, 98.5 The Sports Hub for the Felger and Maz Show, Maz, uh, actually says that April is, is the most, in the springtime, is the most exciting time of year. Uh, because you have all these sports happening, you have you know you have the Bruins and the NHL heading into their playoffs. You have the Celtics in the NBA heading into their playoffs, uh, and then you have the Red Sox and the MLB starting their season. And then next week, uh, in you know in the middle of uh, spring, That's if you the will, football league draft. Exactly, you'll have the NFL draft. Uh, so it's a the very exciting sport. time of year. Yes, it is very interesting. Especially when the Celtics now seem to have gotten it together and, you know, uh, they're working as a team, it appears. Yeah, it's good to it's good to see that we've seen that happening the past. Well, I'd say mid January, uh, ever since they started to go on their you know big streak, winning you know twenty two out of their last twenty seven games, making it up. You know, speak speaking you know hypothetically, metaphorically there, um, and so. It seems like they've figured out how to play as a team, how to you know build their relationships, how to communicate, realizing that each one of their star players, Marcus Smart, Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, that they aren't the three superheroes and that they all have to split their superhero role and that they have to pass the ball. And I yeah. personally think the perfect example of that was uh, in game one, in the final seconds uh, of the game, where Marcus Smart, I think any year before this year and either any any time before January would have tried to bend the hero shooting that three-pointer to win the game. But instead, he faked it, passes, passed it to Jason Tatum for the layup, and Jason, Ta- Jason Tatum made it at the final seconds to win the game. I think that explains yeah. how this season and how this team has developed wonderfully. Well, I have to do a little bit more of that. They have a long way to go. There's a lot of good basketball teams in that NBA. Although I watch the NHL more. It's a, I like hockey uh, more than basketball to view. So, uh, so talk, the so, Red Sox. Now I'm liking the Red Sox. Let's, uh, you're liking them? What's there to like I'm about loving, them? I'm loving their young pitching staff. They're going to come along. It's it's going to be a wide-open division, that, those four teams in baseball. I, Yankees, I, Red Sox, Toronto, and uh, Tampa. Boy, I well, don't know. if I'm not going to hold my breath on that because I don't think I'll ever open my mouth because, man, I just don't have the confidence you have in this pitching staff and in this team. Uh, I mean, I think we're uh, I think we're at 500 or maybe one game past 500, whatever it is. I'm just, yeah, I'm just not confident in them at all. 
All the other teams are at 500. I mean, they know, are. That's be, a good point. You know, nobody's running away with it. A lot of money, a lot of people are making, but those big stars with the Yankees aren't uh, running away with it. Toronto, uh, the only team that's really uh, two teams that are playing outstanding are the L.A. Dodgers and the St. Louis Cardinals have a pretty good team, I guess. Yeah, even in the even in the um, you know the the National League, it's they're still at five. All the leagues around the whole MLB, as a matter of fact, they're all at five hundred. They're all sitting there at five hundred, basically. Yeah. No, and like you yeah. said, nobody's running away with it. Exactly, and those young pitchers, if we get them going, I I got some confidence in them. Okay, but let me ask you this: We're starting about the starting pitching. What do you think about the bullpen now? Well, the bullpen needs some help. The bullpen needs some help. He's going to have to use his head on that one. Yes, but uh, well, they're all scoring. Teams all over the Sox are—they're puzzling right now. They can score eight or nine runs, and then their bats go to sleep for the next game. But it's still early in the season. All right, so you're you're what I'm getting from you is that you're pretty optimistic about this year's Red Sox team. Don't give up on them yet. I'm not giving them up on them right. I'm optimistic. All right. Well, you know, you have uh, more optimism from uh, than me, that's for sure. Um, but uh, okay. <laughs> that's good. What about the Celtics? Opt- uh, how optimistic I'm very optimistic about the Celtics, actually. I'm very optimistic about the Celtics. I think the biggest mistake that the Celtics made uh, in the in game one was when they were up by 15, they took their foot off the pedal. I think the difference in that game was that they took the foot off the pedal. If they kept their foot on the pedal, they would have won that game easily. But instead, they took it. They took the foot off the pedal, and it became a close game in which we almost lost. That's right. Almost blew that game. Is right. And if you look back at the minimal amount of times that I've watched them play. Toward the end of the season, they played two big. They played one game against the Miami Heat, one game against Milwaukee, and in the final minutes, they couldn't close the show, couldn't close the, you know, couldn't close the game off, and they were missing and taking wild. Uh, they miss a lot of crazy layups sometimes. Now I, I guess everybody does that. Going back on the, on the baseball subject, I know you uh, like to head down to spring training. Were you able to catch any games down there in Florida? No, not at all. We went to the uh, park and had a great day at the park. The Red Sox treated us because I got a buddy down there who's working now uh, with Live Nation and they're connected with the Red Sox. But no games. And, uh, didn't see any at all. Wow, look at you with all the connections, huh? I got a few connections here and there in Boston, yeah. Good stuff, how good you, stuff. You're, uh, you're, you're interning, you uh, run. They got you running around. Oh yeah, oh yeah. The intern internships uh, internships going well. I've uh, I'm interning for the Felger Mass Show on ninety eight five The Sports Up on uh, Mondays and Wednesdays two to six, and then I help out with uh, Tony Maserati's uh, Baseball Hour from uh, six to seven. So it's going well. Nice. Yes. Well, okay then, Harrison. You be uh, be good and keep up the good work. Say hi to Uncle Ray. All right. Will do. Good talking to you. All right.
All right, so there's uh, there's Mo uh, from the Cape uh, for you. And again, I'm keeping the phone lines open, 978-301-6877. That's 978-301-6877. Uh, and uh, with that, speaking of uh, Uncle Ray, even though I don't call him Uncle Ray, I call him Ray from Methuen. And uh, one of the most liked callers here on the show, Ray, what's going on? Well, listen, it was uh, interesting to uh, listen to Mo from the uh, Cape. Uh, uh, you know, his take as far as the Red Sox are concerned. I'm still concerned about the Red Sox. And, I'm with you. Uh, I'm, I'm with you on that. It doesn't, it, you know, like he was saying, he's pretty optimistic about it. On my end, I'm not too optimistic about it. I'm more with you concerned about them. Well, one of the things is uh, we heard yesterday that uh, Christian Vasquez wasn't going to be able to uh, to play because of COVID. Well, now he's uh, he's joined by uh, Jonathan uh, Aruz as well as uh, well, who, who's the uh, third one? Uh, that wasn't able to. Uh, I don't know, to be honest with you. Be vaccinated. Yeah. I don't know. I I, I saw uh, Tanner Hulk or Trevor Hulk uh, isn't going to be able to, isn't going to be able to travel no, to Toronto uh, because he's not vaccinated, and and he came out with a um, uh, with a statement about that. In fact, I have that statement. I can pull it up uh, right now as we speak. Uh, uh, Tanner Hulk. Uh, tells the Globe that he's not vaccinated against COVID-19. Because of Canada's vaccine mandate, Hulk won't be able to pitch next Tuesday in Toronto. He's uh, He says, I think it's a personal choice for everyone, whether they get it or not. Actually, uh, it was uh, Kevin uh, Pilecki who, uh, who originally uh, was put on the uh, COVID-19 protocol. Well, so here's the thing. There's so there's guys that aren't vaccinated, but then there's also guys. Uh, there there's been speculation of a COVID outbreak uh, within the Red Sox organization uh, within the first you know start of the season. Uh, you know because and basically it's just we've seen the the I don't know if it, it's uh, some some part of the teams uh, starting to wear masks. So that obviously kind of draws a draws an eye in, into that direction. And hey, what's going on there? Well. Th- yeah, uh, because uh, as I mentioned, uh, well, Pilecki is the backup quarterback. I'm quarterback. Here we go. Wrong sport. Uh, catcher. But now uh, Vasquez is is uh, Christian is, is now on that uh, protocol, along as I said with uh, Jonathan Oruz. So who's their quarterback? They brought up uh, the quarterback, quarterback catcher. Holy I, smokes. I know. I know. I keep. Uh, I think I'm thinking uh, too much. Uh, a week in advance for the uh, NFL draft and and what the Patriots are going to do must be. But, uh, but they brought up uh, Wong to be the uh, the backup catcher. But now, what's going to happen with the catching squad? They don't have the experience with a major league uh, pitching team. So I'm not too optimistic about this series with with Toronto. Uh, even though Ivaldi is starting tonight, I believe. So uh, let's see what happens. I, I think this Toronto series is going to be uh, very telling for the for the uh, Red Sox. And you know, some of these uh, younger players on on the Sox, they're not what uh, they're not coming across as far as uh, their bats are concerned. Maybe it's because 
they haven't had the at-bats uh, during the extended spring training. But we're just going to have to see about the, the Red Sox and uh, what, what they're doing. Uh, I'm glad uh, just to transition into uh, basketball. I'm glad that the uh, NBA has finally put their, their foot down and, and they did sign uh, uh, Kyrie $50,000. I don't think that's enough. I think he should have been suspended. I mean, there's players that have been suspended for saying worse things, or, or not as worse things, okay, uh, during during the post-game press conference, okay? So there's one. First of all, the language during the post-game press conference was horrific, okay? You couldn't even air it on television, it was that. It was that bad. It was one word after the other. I mean, you could have the whole, uh, you know, def- the whole glossary of it if you wanted, the whole urban dictionary of it if you wanted from him. Uh, and then he goes out there and he's on the court flipping off the Boston fans, not once, but twice. Okay. And then well, not I- only th- not only that, so he flips them off twice. One time it was the double whammy. Okay, and then the third incident that he had, he was walking into the locker room, I believe, at halftime or at the end of the game, and uh, he said some choice words that I can't even say uh, to a uh, to a fan over the airwaves. So, I mean, this guy's out of control. This guy is out of control. You know, you know, he's saying this, that, and the other thing, but he is just—he has an excuse for everything. He has an excuse for everything, and that's where it goes wrong. You think this guy cares about $50,000? No. None of these players care about $50,000. I'm sorry. They don't. It's like pennies to them. Don't. No, these with, All I, these I, leagues, I all these you. leagues, the NBA, the NFL, the NHL, uh, you know, golf. I, I, I'm probably missing one. NBA, you know, whatever. All these leagues, they have to stop finding these people money because these people don't give a crap about money. You know what they care about, Ray? They care about games and playing. So find them the games. And maybe don't find them the games during the regular season. Start to do start to do the uh, the big uh, the playoffs, okay? Start to do the playoffs. So you start suspending these players, and but too bad. That's what they have to do. They have to start have sub- the suspending to the players for each game in the beginning of the playoffs. And if a team isn't going to make the playoffs, then you start suspending them within the games towards the end of the season as they will be making or will be trying to make a playoff run. That's my opinion. Stop with suing them or costing them the money. They don't care about money. They're millionaires and billionaires. Well, I, I agree with that uh, logic. However, the the problem with that is uh, I'm sure that every one of these players' contracts at, at, uh, with the league has has a clause in there that they, if they are suspended, they have the right to uh, appeal that, which means that— Okay, so that's why, that's why you do it towards it. the end of the season. That's why you do it in the middle of the playoffs. That way— you have the whole, if you get, you know, if something controversial comes up game one of the season, well, listen, you have the whole season to appeal it, okay? And the league needs to do a better job. If, if it's in the playoffs, during the playoffs, they need to have somebody on hand, on stat, re- ready for uh, an, an appeal situation, okay? And but, these, and these guys again. don't have to go in person anymore, okay? This is a 21st century post-COVID. We can Zoom. We can Zoom. Right after the games, right after the incident, if you want, or the next day. Within 24 hours, if you want to appeal it, you have to appeal it and have an appeal meeting. Period. But the problem 
the problem is uh, they'll never they'll never approve that 24-hour period. And the way the contracts are, are, are such right now, they will drag their feet on the appeal. They'll, they'll say we're going to appeal, but the league itself is the one that is going to uh, drag their feet. And they'll set a date. But by that time, they can be three or four games into the uh, playoff season series. So, you know, it's sort of a moot point. Sort of a moot point. And listen... The league has found out as far and and uh, Kyrie, they he found out that uh, his team can win without him. The the Nets made it into the playoffs. Yeah, they had the playoff game uh, or the play in game, but it was just simply uh, you know, it was simply that he he came in. He didn't he didn't play all the home games because of that. Uh, silly ruling in New York and wasn't it amazing that uh, Mayor Adams of, of New York all of a sudden he changes the the uh, the rules and regulations when spring t- spring training is coming coming to an end and the Yankees and the Mets are having home games we want full houses we want a lot of money going into these major league teams same thing with the playoffs the Rangers the Islanders the uh, uh, the Nets, they're all going to be in the playoffs. We want full houses. We want to showcase our city. So, you know, it, it's a fast, this whole, this whole thing. It's just ridiculous. If, if, you, if during the season it, you couldn't have fans or, or you couldn't have the players uh, unvaccinated, it's, it's a silly, silly uh, thing that has happened uh, this whole whole thing is upside down but uh, the Celtics I, I'm concerned with the game uh, tomorrow night uh, it, I want to see what they do tomorrow night I want to see how uh, Kyrie and uh, Durant how, the, how they uh, react and come back the Celtics as you say they have to keep their foot on the pedal, and they have to. Uh, once they're, they're up, they have to uh, really start uh, stop putting the hammer down. But now, will Durant and will Kyrie come and play defense? It, it was a defensive breakdown at the end by both uh, Durant and uh, Kyrie. So it's going to be interesting to see. I think the series may go to seven, and if it goes to seven. The garden will be rocking, and uh, I don't want the. I'll tell you something. I don't want this series to go to seven because if it does, it's not gonna. I I don't think it goes in our favor. Okay, like I like I said with keeping the foot on the pedal, have to keep the foot on the pedal. So you know, and that means winning. You know, games one and game two. Maybe you drop one game in Brooklyn and you win the next two. Uh, you know, my I, I I came I came out and I said, well, I think I think the Celtics will win in five. Okay, if they don't, well, I don't know if they'll win at all. To be honest with you. Well, I don't think they'll win in five. Uh, I really don't. It's going to be an interesting thing. I think it uh, it will go go to seven because uh, these guys, these veterans, they they just come and they're uh, extremely. Uh, uh, 
extremely competitive, and you're going to find that uh, they're going to come uh, with a chip on their shoulder. That's why I want to see what happens tomorrow, and that's going to tell me whether or not it's going to uh, go all the way. All right. Well, I'm going to leave you. Uh, I'm going to leave you right there uh, at that, Ray. Okay. All right. Thanks All right. for calling in. Good talking to you, Arizona. Okay. All right. So there's uh, Ray from uh, Methuen for you, and uh, here is Matt from Rhode Island. Matt, what's going on? Hey, Harrison. What's going on today? Not much, my man. How you been? Yeah, I've been good. You know, it's getting some work done. We got to uh, head to our national championship tournament for club basketball next or uh, this Thursday, actually. So nice. Where do they have that? It's in Pennsylvania, in Erie, Pennsylvania. Nice. And, uh, yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be good. Hopefully, I can coach the guys to a W. Let's uh, see what happens. Yeah, that yeah, that should be that should be great. Good luck. Good luck. Yeah, I appreciate that. So, I want to get your uh, opinion on this Celtics Nets series real quick. I know it's gonna be the talk of the uh, or most of the talk of the show, um, but I, I think. I don't really know what to expect in Game 2 after such really an NBA Finals-type game in Game 1. Um, I mean, I think I think you can make the argument that Kyrie played great and Kevin Durant didn't play that well, but you could also make the argument that Jason Tatum played great and Jalen Brown didn't play that well. Um, so I don't really know what to expect. Uh, what do you think is going to happen? So I'll say this. Uh, I don't think Kevin Durant is going to have a game like he did in game one. I think he's going to do better than he did. Uh, And I'd say the same for Jalen Brown. Now the question is, is can Jason Tatum keep up what he did in game one? And can we shut down uh, Kyrie Irving after scoring 39 points? And by the way, by getting chance at the, you know, uh, by getting Kyrie sucks chance uh, during the whole game. So... You know, I I think the Celtics fans really have to realize that maybe it's a let's go Celtics chant or a uh, defense chant and not a Kyrie sucks chant because I think Kyrie feeds off that and actually helps him. I mean, and it's not even I almost want to say it's, you know, at some points it's not the defense. I mean, he we're we're playing really good defense on him and he just he buries them in your face. I mean, what can you do yep. about that? I, I don't really know if you can do anything. I mean, that's just good basketball. It hates hates for me to say it because I, I don't like him. Uh, and yep. so the fact that he can do that is quite impressive and, you know, good for him. But, man, it's just, yeah, it's just, I don't know. I'd say that. I'd say that. I'd say if the Celtics want to win, they need to stop Kyrie. Um and if the Nets, if the Nets want to win, they have to, you know, Kevin Durant has to have a game uh, more powerful than he did the last game, and I think that's going to happen anyways. I think, you know, Kevin Durant and Jalen Brown both had bad games. Jason Tatum and uh, Kyrie Irving had had good games. Now it's now it's going to be the matter of can Kyrie play another? Uh, can he play game two like he did game one? And can Jason Tatum play game two like game one with the assistance of? a good game from Jalen Brown and Kevin Durant. Yeah, no, I think you make a great point there with your point on Kyrie and the Celtics fans. It almost seems like we're more infatuated with hating Kyrie so much and actually rooting for our team at points. And, and like you said, he really does feed off the energy. I mean, as much as he wants to, you know, go around in the media and say, oh, you'll bet I'm going to match their energy. I'm going gonna, I'm, I'm gonna to do this. I'm going to do that. Like, he's always, he's always going to be that person in the media that everyone hates in Boston um, but I think that it's come to a point now where he is so fed up with it which I don't really understand it's a basketball it's a game like they're going to boo you if you left and you said you were going to stay it's just the way that it is but the way that he's taking it is now 
the more that they say is the better I'm going to play. And, and we clearly saw that, like you said, he was making some ridiculous, ridiculous shots. I mean, it was, it was like you said, it was a, it, it was fun to watch. Like the, that game was just fun to watch. I, I, I can't, I said to my parents when we were watching cause I was home for Easter and, uh, I, I can't remember watching a better basketball game outside of, like, the NBA Finals than that game. I mean, playoff basketball is good, but that was incredible. It literally seems like an NBA Finals-type atmosphere there. And uh, they've really got to stop Kyrie. I mean, they got the Defensive Player of the Year and Smart, but um, it's we, we knew we were going to get, right? There's going to be KD and Kyrie are going to have their points. But I think it also comes down to now stopping those secondary guys from getting going. Because if they do get going, like we saw for portions of game one, then it gets a little hairy. We go down five after a 16-2 run or whatever it was. Um, so I, I think they need to stay composed. I, I'm telling you, Robert Williams cannot come back fast enough. They need him. They don't need. They need him. Um, they, they obviously come up without him, like we've seen. But they, do you I mean, they say need to make such a difference? Do you think they need him? Uh, essentially in this series, um, you know, something I alluded to earlier in the show was uh, taking your foot off the gas. And that's that's one thing right. that the Celtics did uh, in game one. They were up 15 points, and then it seemed like they took their foot off the gas. If they yeah. didn't take their foot off the gas, you know, I think they could have won easily, right? I think they would have kept that yeah. 15, 10-point lead cushion. But they took their, their foot off the gas, and, and the Nets came back, and, and, you know, we almost lost that game. I don't know if we—maybe we should yeah. have lost that game, um, the way the Nets were playing there down the stretch. Um, but my point is to you is I think we can beat the Brooklyn Nets if we keep our foot on the gas without Robert Williams. I think we don't need Robert Williams until, you know, this second round. Now, I'll say this, too. Another thing that, you know, there was a lot of debate um, heading into the— you know, heading into the into the playoffs, um, with you know, where where do the Celtics want to line up? And so, you know, you ask yourself here, um, and you know, my you know, Miami's in first and stuff like that. And so they played the Hawks in Game One, and they beat them one fifteen um, to ninety one. And right. uh, you know, even even the uh, the Milwaukee Bucks. Um, you know they 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 won game one by, um, you know not, uh, six points ninety or seven points ninety three to uh, eighty six, so it's just right. kind of it's interesting to see how all these how all these games, um, you know are starting to line up, um, and you know where should have we, you know try to be, um, you know in when it came down to the stretch and and etc. Um, you know, as far as as far as the playoffs goes, and just another team, for example, is the 76ers beating the Raptors, one thirty one to one eleven, one twelve to ninety seven, and then Game Three tomorrow. I mean, so it's just interesting to see how all these series are lining up, and it seems like, you know, the Celtics did draw the the you know the tougher of the straw, um, you know, in right. the in the Brooklyn Nets, and I think everybody knew that. I think a lot of people underestimated the Brooklyn Nets, but again. It goes back to keeping your foot on the pedal, and if the Celtics kept their foot on the pedal, then we probably would have had a 10 to 15 point win. But they took their foot off the pedal, and they almost lost the game. So it'll be yeah. interesting to see what happens. Yeah, you know, I mean, I think I think it's been a problem all year long, where especially early, earlier in the year for sure. But we get these big leads, and it's just a natural tendency in basketball when you get a big lead to kind of feel comfortable, complacent, and a team comes back. Um, like we saw with the Nets, and they're so explosive with all those star, with the two stars they have over there. Um, 
and it's it can happen in an instant like we saw. So you'd have to think Ime Udoka is going to be preaching that from the start, um, from the preparation when it started on even Sunday night to now, um, and hopefully going into tomorrow. Um, but yeah, I, I do agree what you said there um, about Robert Williams. I think I think we'll, we can beat them without him this series, but I really do think we're going to need him if we want to make any sort of deep run. Um, and and the whole Ben Simmons thing is another saga that who knows what that's going to bring too. Um, with reports that he's going to be coming back very, very soon, as early as game three or four. Um, so who knows what that's going to be um, and what that's going to bring with his – because he hasn't played basketball in almost close to a calendar year. Right, so, and, and so, Matt, that's other the other – Matt, that's the other thing, too, that, you know, you bring up a good point um, with Ben Simmons and um, um, and Robert Williams. So if – you know, both of them, right? Everybody's getting all amped up about, oh, yeah, they can come back, they can come back this, come back then. Well, are they going to come back and be 40, 50, 60%? Or are they going to come back and be 90, 100%? There's a big right. difference in how much time are they going to be able to play? Are they going to be a lim- Are they going to be limited on how much time they can play? So it's going to be interesting right. to see what kind of Ben Simmons are we going to get? What, ta- what kind of uh, Robert Williams are we going to get? I'd be surprised yeah. if we get the Robert Williams that we had you know, when he was in his prime in the middle of the season. Same with Ben Simmons. I'm not expecting too much out of him. Yeah. No, I, I think you make a completely fair point there when you say that we're not going to get the same Robert Williams, and I completely agree with you. I mean, they're rushing him back. I mean, they're not rushing him back, but it just seems like the timeline's been accelerated um, when he probably, if this is, a, this is an injury where we're going to be like the eight seed, I think they could have ruled him out. But since we're a two seed and we're playing so well, it seems like that it's a little bit of an accelerated comeback. But who knows? You never know. But I, I do agree where I don't think we're going to get the same explosive prime um, in the middle of the season, Robert Williams, that you talk about. And the Ben Simmons thing, I mean, you, you never know. I mean, he, he's had so many problems, like with the back and the whole mental thing that he had with Philly, um, which, is, which completely is fair, could have happened. But you just never know where he's going to be mentally. Um, I, I, I don't know. Um, I, I think that the focus needs to be, like you said, with Udoka preaching, you have to play all 48 minutes. You have to play. You have to lock in on defense like their, um, their motto has been all year long when they're with the big run they've gone on. Um, and you, you just got to contain the two stars. And you, you just got to live with your results. And I think, I think you're going to bank on the team basketball that we've had. And I, I think my honest, my honest thought is that we should win this series in six games. I, I know it's going to be tough to go into – Brooklyn and win in Brooklyn, but I, you just have to think. I mean, I, I, I don't know. It's, but but like you said, it's it's such an exciting series in the first round. Like you feel like this should be an East Conference Finals. There's so much star power. It's crazy. Yeah. No. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. So we'll, we'll see what happens, and then if we end up playing, it looks like we play Milwaukee second round if we're lucky enough to get there. Um, and that could be a whole other problem with Giannis over there. Um, and that's why you need Robert Williams. But but we'll see. Hopefully. Hopefully you weather the storm with KD and Kyrie tomorrow. And um, I know I know ticket prices have gone through the roof. It's crazy. Um, I haven't I haven't so, even bothered looking. Do you, do you know? Do you have them at the top of your head, or you know, just an example? Yeah, so, I guess. Yeah. So I looked yesterday um, just because I was curious um, to see if we maybe could go because we don't have classes tomorrow. Um, so we I looked and it's it started at ninety eight dollars I believe for like nosebleeds. Um, at the beginning of the playoff run, and then as or after game one ended, it's gone up to about one ninety to two hundred. So it's it's clearly wow. clearly it's uh 
creating some serious buzz. Oh so, yeah. Uh, we'll, we'll, it's 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 exciting now just to have Celtics basketball, basketball like this back because we let's be honest we haven't really had an enjoyable team like this in a long time have we? It's it's it just it seems so much more likable now and hopefully we can pull this out. There's been nothing sweeter than sending Kyrie home. Yeah, I, I agree with you. There wouldn't be anything better. Yeah, and then one one other uh, little tidbit I have there: the uh, Bulldogs have to bring in some very serious transfers from. Uh, I don't know if you've seen in the. Uh, college basketball news but we're uh, making some serious splashes we brought in a uh, Memphis former former Memphis starter Earl Timberlake um, he started at Memphis and U Miami he's going to be coming in next year to play and uh, another former starter or uh, former player URI Antoine Walker is going to be very good for us and then Doug Eater uh, the face of the St. Peter's Peacocks so, uh, I was just going to say that too. I couldn't I can't believe you almost forgot about him jeez yeah, I cannot believe oh, I can never forget about him. He oh. is he is gonna be the face of the Bulldogs. So we got we got a good class coming in. There's uh pretty good vibes going around on campus about this team. It's really that's what makes the uh the school buzz right now. Grasso's done a tremendous job. Um, and, can't and, say it enough. Another big thing is is Grasso signing. You know, I think a lot of people didn't yep, know if he right. would sign again or not because, you know, he's had let's face it, two successful years or in a row. And so, you know, right. Could he, uh, you know, he could have, he could have probably gone and gotten a better job, but he chose, you know, he chose not to. He chose to stay with the Bulldogs and, you know, try to try to grow the Bulldogs. And I think that's nice of him. And uh, I, I think that shows what a commitment uh, relationship and and how much he cares uh, about the Bulldog family. Yeah, I couldn't have said him any better. Um, he could have. Uh, I think we've talked about earlier in previous shows where he, we 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 didn't really know what his future held. If he could have left bigger job or stayed and uh we're so happy that he decided to stay with uh brian here and uh hopefully we can build something special to get back to the tournament next year and make some noise so we'll uh we'll see how that goes but are you concerned uh, before you before you leave are you concerned yeah. about changing to the american east leaving the nec do you think you'll have less success yeah so that's an interesting point um the america east is definitely a better conference than the nec i think it's wide known um Vermont's a powerhouse. They've gone to the tournament, I think, five of the six years, past six years, in the year that they didn't go. UMBC beat Virginia that year. I don't know if you remember the 16 versus one matchup or UMBC won. Yeah. Um, so I think it's definitely going to be steeper competition. It's definitely going to be harder. Um, but I think the recruiting class and the team that we've brought in now, or they've brought in now, that um, the Bulldogs have. It's good adapting. Um, it's it's good adapting, and they've done a really really good job in the transfer portal, and I think. Gonna be very competitive. I talked to a couple of the guys on the team. They're very excited, and uh, a couple of reporters on Twitter have been saying that we're the favorite now in uh, in the American East. So we'll see really? what happens. But we're yeah. Wow. And one one, one reporter said that uh, we could be the second the best team in New England outside of UConn and Providence, which is a big statement to make. That's a huge um, statement to make. So we'll see what happens there, but definitely, definitely exciting times in Smithfield as always. Yeah, definitely. All right, well, thank you for taking my call. Uh, great show, as always. Um, hopefully we get some Celtics W's and uh, move on to the second round. All right, uh, thanks, Matt, for calling in, as always. Yep, have a good one. All right, so there's uh, Matt from uh, Rhode Island with you uh, for you with a little uh, little Celtics talk and a little, uh, a little bit of, uh, whatchamacallit, a little bit of the Brian Bulldog uh, talk there for you. 
Uh, you know, one thing that uh, I, we haven't hit on yet is too much of uh, is the Bruins. Um, 40 minutes here into the show, 20 minutes left. You can call in 978-301-6877. That's 978-301-6877. Uh, so, again, just, you know, hitting on the Bruins real quick. They have clinched um, a a playoff spot there in fourth place. Uh, they're 75 and uh, 46, uh, tied with the Lightning, uh, who's in third, and then the Maple Leaves in second, 76 and 50, and then the Panthers in first, 75 uh, wins in 50. Or sorry, um, yeah, 75 or 54 and and 15. Sorry, Maple Leaves 50 and 20, Lightning 46 and 21, Bruins 46. And uh, 24, I was looking at games uh, games uh, total or games percentage or something like that. And the other thing you have to take in consideration as well uh, when talking about uh, the NHL is that they don't go by the record. They go by a point system. So, for example, the points uh, line up as is. The Panthers have 114, the Maple Leafs 106, the Lightning 100, and the Bruins 97. So, and behind them is the uh, Sabres who have uh, 69 points. So it's kind of, you know, I'd say the only team that the Bruins, you know, could potentially catch uh, would be the Lightning. Um, You know, just looking ahead uh, as the Bruins wrap up uh, their final uh, week, if you will, of the season, they'll play tonight against the Blues, Thursday against the Penguins, Rangers on Saturday, Canadians Sunday, uh, Panthers on Tuesday, the Sabres Thursday, and final game Friday uh, against the Maple Leafs on the 29th. So season's going to come to an end quick. They're going to head into the playoffs. Uh, and lots of uh, interesting factors heading into the playoffs uh, for the Bruins. Uh, but with that, let's go to Bill from the car. Bill, what's going on? Harrison, how, how are we doing today? Doing good. How are you? Good, good. Hey, shout out to Marcus Smart for winning Defensive Player of the Year. Yeah, That's absolutely. A huge honor. Yep, been a long we time give coming. Him some recognition, you know. I I kind of crap on the guy all the time because I think he just makes some, you know, crazy mistakes at point guard. But man, he brings it defensively. I think that was a great, a great award that he won. Anyway, no, I mean absolutely. Uh, you... He he's deserved the defense award, and I think you know he's probably, you know, deserved it. Um, you know, in in the in in the past, but the problem is, is that he just he lets his offense kind of get in the way of winning it because he's not that good of an offensive player. I hate him taking the three. I hate him taking the three. I wish we could keep him out of the game and only keep him in on defense. You know, it's too bad it's not football rules because he would do fantastic. Yeah, I like he he brings a lot of grit. And he he do, he's, he does those intangibles that you need on a championship type of team. But did but did you see um, you see Robert Williams in the background when when Marcus Smart was getting the award? He was kind of he was practicing it looked like, and he was jumping up and down. So I don't know. Did you catch that? Uh, I am looking at a picture of him now. He has a uh, long sleeve t shirt on. And he has all he has is uh, is like is leggings on. I'm sure there's a brace yep. on there somewhere. Yep. Um, but yeah, definitely something positive to think of. Yeah, so it made me think that he's that he's going to be coming back. Maybe not this series, but he's on his way back, so to speak. But but let me ask you this: you know, yep. is it worth having him 
come back at 40 or 50 percent, 60 percent? Or, you know, would you rather see him? Of course, you'd rather see him come back at, you know, 80, 90, 100 percent. But my point is, is 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 it worth having him come back at that point? I think he'll be back next series. I don't think we, you know, I, I would love him back this series, and I think we could always use him. But the the Nets don't have a really big man presence, so I think we can get away with it this series with Tice and Horford. Um, I think they can, you know, suffice for now. But, you know, as we get deeper in, like, we, you know, against the sixes with a beam and stuff, I think we're going to need him more in the second round if we can get by the Nets. But I did want to talk to you about Kyrie. You know, I was watching um, first take with Stephen A. Smith yesterday. Yeah, he's, he's defending like, him. I, I, he, has, he said he has no problem with what Kyrie did. And I have a serious problem with, with what Kyrie did because – that is showing the younger kids out there, the, the, the middle school kids, the high school kids, the college kids, that it's okay to flip off the fans. So what, is, is it okay for an eighth grader to start flipping off the fans? Or, the, or, or a big high school game at, at Central Catholic and all of a sudden the Central Catholic uh, kids start flipping off, you know, uh, you know with, with the Methuen High, um, you know, if they're playing at Methuen High and all their fans, you know, I, that, that's, that's ridiculous. And they're saying, oh, he's – Kyrie's saying, oh, I was matching their energy. I mean, that's a bunch of garbage. That should I, – I, I do not agree with, with Stephen A. Smith and, and all these other guys that, that stick up for Kyrie. What's your take on that? No, I'm, I'm completely with you on that. I'm, I'm less concerned about him, honestly, flipping the fans off – the the words choice I can't even say the words over the airwaves. Yeah. One when he was walking into the locker room, okay, at halftime or the uh, yeah. or at the end of the game, okay. So there's that that he said that to a fan, which is terrible. And then the post game yeah. press conference, he used almost every word in the book as bad as you can get. Yeah, I, I mean I just don't get it. I just don't get it. So oh, man. I mean. Fifty that listen, like I said to Ray, fifty a fifty thousand dollar, you know, fine. Give me a break. You think he cares about fifty thousand dollars? No, he doesn't care about fifty thousand no. dollars. None of these professional athletes care about fifty thousand dollars or what or however much money you want to, you know, find them for. You know what these players care about? Games. So what they should be doing yeah, is, they, is saying, okay, Kyrie. They'll never, ever, ever take a star player like Kyrie Irving out of the out of the lineup, or you they know, should if they want to have control of this league. Suspend them because there's yeah. so many leagues nowadays that they let, if not if not all, that they let the players run the leagues. Okay, NBA is a big one. Yeah, you look at it, LeBron James, Kyrie Irving. Okay, so if you want to, if you want the NBA to run the league then you need to come down hard, okay? If not, you're just going to let the let the players run the league, and that's not right. Right. Yep. You know, I'm a big Tom Brady fan, but listen, Tom Brady gets calls all the time. You know, he talks to the ref. Oh, what the heck is that? Okay, here's a flag. Uh, you know, I mean, 
Yeah. It, it happens. It happens. You know, seniority and you know, being in the league long enough and, and your popularity, it, it, it gives you a favor over or over other players and other yeah, teams. It it's just they ha- they that's the only the only way I see any league actually making a difference and by making a a, a precedent is by suspending the uh, players uh, for a game. I mean, the NHL does it. You know, the NHL will you know will suspend Brad Martian. Now, Brad Martian has a lengthy uh, lengthy history there. But, you know, still, still, it's just, I think that's what they have to do. They should have suspended Kyrie for game two and and set a precedent because it's just, it's, it's a, it's an example of where the league is going nowadays and it's unacceptable. It's unacceptable. And like you said, you want to have your kid at the game and getting, and see Kyrie, you know, flipping you off or you see Kyrie and an NBA player flipping off the fans. He should have went to that press oh, conference yeah. and apologized for his actions. But he didn't, and which means he doesn't care. He doesn't care. He thinks he was matching yeah, the fans' care. energy. Well, Kyrie, that's not your job to match the fans' energy. Your job is to match yeah. your opposing team's energy by beating them. And you know what? You failed at that, and you failed at being a role model for the NBA and younger kids. Yeah, I agree. He, he I will give him credit that he played unbelievable, so... I I think for the Nets to win, like Charles Barkley was saying, you know, both Durant and Kyrie need to play great. And in that game, Kyrie played great. Durant, I thought, played awful. I mean, I know he still had like 22 points, but he missed a lot of shots. And and, and he he fell asleep defensively at the end of the game there, too. Yeah. So, yep. Absolutely. It should be a great game tomorrow night. I'm looking forward to this. To watching the game too so like matt said it, it was that was like a kind of a game seven type of atmosphere one of the one of the you know really better games of the year so yeah absolutely i i, I agree with you so i hope um i don't know I, like i've been saying all show the 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 celtics need to keep their foot on the pedal they can't take their foot off the pedal yep. like they did in game one if they keep their foot on the pedal for the rest of the series, they're going to win the series. I think in five games, maybe. If they don't, I, I just I don't like. I think if if we let every game come down to the wire like we did game one, I just don't have that much confidence in us. I don't. I really don't. Well, that game, like a game like today, was a game that we were losing in the first half of the year. We lost those games consistently. And it used to drive me crazy. We'd be up by 15 in the early fourth, and we end up losing the game. At least we – I thought we took a big step on – at least we won the game. And that's, that's But awesome. barely. We barely won the game. And I, I don't know even that. know if we should have won that. the game. But we would have lost that game. That game would have been lost back in December or, you know, early January. So, all right, Harrison, I'll let you go. Keep up the good work. All right, thanks for calling in, Bill. Okay. All right, so uh, there's uh, Bill from the car there with some good points uh, on the Celtics. If you want to call in, 978-301-6877. That's 978-301-6877. A little more than eight minutes left here uh, on the show here on this uh, Tuesday. Uh, Let's hit uh, a little bit on the uh, Red Sox, if you will, uh, real quick. So like I've said, 
Uh, they're sitting at uh, at 500 and going over the last uh, week of uh, play. Last uh, la, 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 Tuesday, they won. Uh, they beat the Tigers 5-3. to three. They beat the Tigers again on Wednesday 9-7. to seven. Uh, Then they lost to the Twins 8-4. to four. Won against the Twins Saturday 4-0. And won against Sunday 8-1. to one, But then lost on Patriots Day yesterday 8-3. to three. By the way, special congratulations to all of those that ran the Boston Marathon yesterday. The first time uh, in three years that the Boston Marathon has been back um, in April full you know full attendance and and full runners and everything and so uh, always a great thing to see and not only that but it was a beautiful day beautiful day for the runners uh you know a a, a nice 54 55 degrees perfect not too hot not too cold so it was a perfect day uh, to be out there uh running i certainly wouldn't want to be out there but uh, for all of you that chose to do that well you were in uh you were in good shape because it was it was nice uh, it was a night there was nice weather um if you will, if you will. Uh, so again, nine seven eight three zero one six eight seven seven. That's nine seven eight three zero one six eight seven seven. Again, a big uh, a big shout out to to the Boston Celtics uh, on on Marcus Smart uh, winning the the Defensive Player of the Year uh, award. Again, he probably should have you know won it before, but. Um, you know, this year he finally he finally stuck out. And like I said, I think uh, what shows this team different than any other year is those final seconds uh, of the ball game in Game One against the Nets. Instead of, and this is just, I think this is an example of how far Kyrie Irving has, uh, not Kyrie Irving, how far Marcus Smart has come. Marcus Smart, I'd say before the first half, uh, uh, first uh, first half of January, he would have been, you know shooting that three all day, trying to be the hero, trying to win the game. But he didn't. He, uh, you know, he won that. He he passed that. He won that game for the Celtics by faking the three, passing it to Jason Tatum, and Jason Tatum making the layups. I'd rather see that every day, all day long. Uh, you know, I, I've said it multiple times before. I think the Celtics are, are, you know, and not just the Celtics, but any team, any team. And, and this goes for younger kids and, and however old you are. Take the layup. Drive to the hoop. Draw the foul, okay? I'd rather have you get, you know, one or two points rather than getting zero points trying to shoot a three. And yeah, every now and then you'll, you know, shoot. Yeah, go ahead, shoot a three. But And I know the analytics say that, you know, you should take the three. But I, I really would just like to see you take the two. I really would drive to the hoop, draw the foul because, in my opinion, most times than not, you're gonna miss the three, and so then you're stranded, and now you're you know down three more rather than being down you know two or one. So, you know, it's just or still three for example. So, it's just it's my it's one of my uh, pet peeves to be honest with you. By the way, another thing that I, ha- I have always said. Um, is the most important shot in basketball are your free throws, okay? And so my uh, free throw award of the year goes out to Peyton Pritchard. He was 100% in the 2021-22 NBA basketball season, regular season, from the free free throw line. That is impressive, okay? That is, that's what you want to do, kids. If you're out there listening, you 
you you learn how to be 100% from the free throw line. Blast music, have people in your face, have all kinds of distractions, but make your free throws. They're the most important shot of the game. They come down to the difference makers in almost every game. And so if you make your free throws, you're doing something right. I'd rather have you be able to make free throws than be able to make uh, three-pointers all day long. All day long. Layups and free throw shots. That's what I want to see you make. I don't care about three-pointers. I really don't. And I don't care about what the analytics say either. So there you have it on my uh, little rant of, of analytics and uh, all, all that stuff. Uh, just moving back to the Red Sox real quick. Uh, tonight they'll play uh, the Blue Jays uh, starting the three-game series tomorrow and Thursday. Then they'll play the Tampa Bay Rays Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. And then they'll start a series with the Blue Jays again, uh, but in Toronto, Canada, uh, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday. Now, of course, lots of speculation happening with this with this game in Canada because Canada still has their vaccine mandate. And so if players are not vaccinated, then they cannot travel to Canada to play the Blue Jays. So it, we're seeing this happen a lot in the, uh, in the catching position. Um, you know, with with Vasquez and now with uh, um, Trevor Huck, um, you know, playing the um, you know as the backup um, as the backup catcher. So I don't know, you know, if the if the um, if the Red Sox will are going to be are going to be in trouble or or what? They're, I mean, they're going to have to. They're not Trevor um, Tanner Huck. Uh, let me see. Christian Vasquez, Vasquez, excuse me, and uh, Ploiecki. So those two there, and they have a third guy, Connor Wong. So they might, they might need to uh, get Connor Wong a little active, uh, if you will, uh, coming up in the next uh, week or so, because he might be going to Canada, and who knows? That's if he's vaccinated. So. This could this could pose a big problem uh, for the Red Sox. They might easily can easily lose four games out there in Toronto. Uh, already not an easy. You know they're starting off five hundred, and let me tell you something. Um, I think it was seven out of their uh, seven out of the twenty two games. Um, seven out of the twenty two games, and this is their only homestand. So they have the four games against the Twins and three games against the Rays. So they have two home stands. So seven out of the twenty-two games in April are home. The rest are away. So that means fifteen games are away. So I mean, if you ask me, you're in trouble. Okay, you're already in trouble with the pitching because I don't have that much confidence in the pitching. I don't have that much confidence in the bullpen. And and now you're gonna go out and and you know you have fifteen away games in the month of April. No thanks. So it's just you know it's just one of those uh, it's one of those things, if you will. So uh, you know it'll be it'll be interesting to see what happens and how the and how the Red Sox do. Like I said uh, last week uh, on the um, on our Red Sox uh, monthly uh, program, um, you know. I don't have any. I don't have any confidence. Uh, you know, I I think the the Red Sox will win forty percent of their games and and lose um, 
and lose 60%. I just don't have that much confidence in them. So anyways, we'll have to see what happens, uh, you know, moving forward uh, with the Red Sox within the next week. With the Celtics uh, within the next week, we'll have, uh, what, games, I think, two and three. We won't be at, we might be at game four, maybe. Uh, but the problem is that there's two nights uh, between every game. And that's, I mean, listen, the series started middle of April, and it's going to end on May 1st. So it'll be interesting to see what happens and see what the uh, Celtics are able to do uh, moving forward in the playoffs. Like I said, their key to success, their key to a championship is keeping their foot on the pedal. That's going to do it for me today here on this Tuesday on the Sports Talk with Harrison Chase on Merrimack Valley Public Radio. Coming to you live from Methuen Community Studios. You can follow me on Twitter, Harrison Chase 5 That's Harrison Chase 5 on Twitter for day-to-day hourly updates. As always, thank you to all my callers, all my listeners. This show would not be what it is without all of you. Have a great week, everybody, and good night. You've been listening to The Sports Talk with Harrison Chase, only on MCS, Methuen Community Studios.